Welcome to the Real Politics Podcast, where politics meets Virginia real estate. In this podcast, the Virginia Realtors Government Relations Team discusses issues that impact your business, down from Capitol Square and straight to you. We are broadcasting from the James Center Studios overlooking the Virginia State Capitol. Hi, I'm Martin Johnson, your Senior Vice President of Government Relations, and I'm here with... I'm Anthony Reedy, Vice President of Political Operations. And as we wrap up the 2019 General Assembly this week, we wanted to give everyone a broad overview of how some important realtor-related legislation fared this year. And we should note that the actions that we discussed today on legislation is not final when the General Assembly adjourns on February 23rd. The governor will have about 30 days or so to approve, amend, or veto legislation and then the General Assembly will return on April 3rd in what they call the reconvene session is when they take up the uh, governor's actions on certain legislation. But before we take a look at specific bills important to you, uh, we want to give you a, a, a broader overview of some of the uh, on perspective of the session by the numbers. So, Martin, uh, we run through the uh, by the numbers for our members. Sure thing. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, it's been a really busy 45 days. It's, it's flown right by. Uh, what we like to do is give members and give you the listener and your colleagues kind of a snapshot of the session overall. So um, we like to call this part of the the podcast, the session by the numbers. So at a very high level, there were over 3,000 bills that were introduced in the 2019 General Assembly session. So to put that into perspective, 3,000 pieces of legislation had to be dealt with within the first 20 days. And so you can tell by that's a pretty intense time period. Um, Your public policy committee took positions on about 230 pieces of legislation. 100 and about 140 of those we characterize as action bills. And those are bills where we as your government relations team are actively working with members of the House and the Senate with other trade groups. Um, And we're doing so in kind of three positions. Position number one is they're bills that we support. So we're going to committee, we're giving testimony, we're working behind the scenes with the House and Senate leadership and with members of the House and Senate to see those bills passed. Your public policy committee this year took a support position on 92 different pieces of legislation. These are bills that we could characterize as being either good for business, good for the real estate industry specifically. They include our legislative agenda, which we'll get to in just a second, are good for property rights or just good pro-business issues. Um, We're happy to report that of those 92 bills that we supported, um, 71 uh, have made it through the process or, and are on their way to the governor for his signature or his action. We also, uh, your public policy committee also took a position to oppose 21 bills. And I often say, and those of you who have heard me talk to realtor groups around the state, I often say that sometimes these are the most important uh, things that we can do Absolutely. or kill bad bills, right? Um, and so we, we took, your public policy committee took an opposed position on 21 bills Um, As of today, uh, we were able to kill 19 of them. Um, We may actually grab one more today uh, as as we work through the process, but all in all, we had a very successful session as as it relates to killing bad pieces of legislation. And then the third category, um, and sometimes these get largely unreported, but this is where I think we really um, have built credibility with the legislature, both Democrats and Republicans have kind of come to know us as problem solvers. Mm -hmm. We like to sit down and work with with members of the House and Senate when we don't really know maybe what they're trying to get at, or maybe the bill is drafted in a way that we don't like it, but we can understand where we're trying to go with that piece of legislation. So we amend it um, and we offer amendments and we do all of that work behind the scenes uh, with legislators. Um, There were 25 bills that we proposed amendments to 
Um, and around 15 of them made it through the process and, and to the governor's uh, to the governor's desk for his approval. So, yeah, I mean, from the from kind of the broad perspective of the General Assembly session this year, with everything else going on, I think we had a really good year. And so, Anthony, why don't you talk a little bit about our legislative agenda and how we fared? Sure, absolutely. And I think it's important for members to know that, um, you know, it, it's more than just a handful of bills that they, they see on the legislative agenda. There, there are hundreds of pieces of legislation that could potentially uh, affect them. And, and there's a lot of work done on the on the back end on that. So, but the good thing for our legislative agenda this year, and, and basically had four buckets of initiatives, um, uh, is that everything passed through uh, and it's on its way to the governor for his uh, hopeful approval and signature, which we, we feel confident in. So I'm not going to go uh, into deep detail about all these bills, but I'll give a, a, a high-level uh, review of them. Uh, you've, you've probably seen on our website or some earlier communication some of the information. Uh, so the first bill dealing with uh, actually two bills, a House version and a Senate version. And the reason we... Uh, uh, have bills introduced on both the House and Senate is because you like to have two vehicles for passage in case uh, a bill gets caught up in some of the other political gamesmanship that may be going on uh, around the General Assembly. Uh, so the first uh, dealt with clarifying the law that uh, the delivery of an incomplete uh, uh, packet in a, in a property or condo owners association still triggers that three-day right of rescission for the buyer to withdraw from the, con uh, from the contract. Uh, and that bill, uh, those bills, I should say, uh, House Bill 2385 and Senate Bill 1580 uh, have passed both bodies and uh, uh, are being communicated to the governor for his uh, signature. The second bill or second or an initiative, if you will, uh, deals with informing buyers um, uh, in the residential disclosure buyer beware form. Now, this bill started out initially just dealing with adding mineral rights uh, to that list. Uh, but as we were working the bill through the General Assembly, uh, uh, there were some discussions with legislators, particularly those down in the Virginia Beach and Hampton Roads area, uh, with, con with the desire to beef up the language regarding uh, uh, flood hazard zones and, and where specifically uh, residents could go to look up that information. So we added some uh, language into that bill that, that beefed up the flood hazard zone um, uh, research area. Uh, as well as adding the mineral rights to it, and that bill has passed out and been communicated to the governor. Uh, the third bill is a good consumer protection bill, and this one deals with uh, adding uh, uh, unlicensed real estate activity as well as unlicensed contracting activity uh, to the Consumer Protection Act. Uh, and this just gives another vehicle for uh, local government attorneys, the attorney general's office, for individual uh, residents to final action under the Consumer Protection Act if they feel they've been wronged by someone who's who's practicing uh, real estate without a license. And then the fourth uh, initiative, and this one's very technical and has already been to practice, but over, over years as you amend uh, certain uh, code sections, sometimes uh, uh, language doesn't get added where it needs to be. Uh, so we went back into the, um, um, the, the section of the real estate law dealing with um, hiring uh, uh, unlicensed assistants and just cleaned up the language to make it abundantly clear that a, a real estate firm, a real estate team, a broker uh, can hire an unlicensed assistant at, as either a, a direct employee or an independent contractor. Uh, as I said, this has already been general practice, but right. just wanted to make sure that was clear in the law. So right. uh, that wraps up our four initiatives for the year, which all came out uh, with uh, broad support and uh, should be signed by the governor. Right. Well, 
few other items to talk about. And I tell you, the, the world has really changed here at the General Assembly over the past several weeks and really just attitudes, uh, I think, towards legislation. Um, I thought the report that we were going to give you today, if you had asked me three weeks ago, was to talk about health insurance legislation from the context of a very technical change that still will let you as, as uh, multi-member LLCs take advantage of the small group market. Um, you've heard us talk on this, on this uh, podcast before about the need for us to be front and center and at, really at the table as it relates to reforming uh, health insurance, particularly for small business. Um, and, and an issue that really isn't typically in the real estate world, right. but it's so important to our membership. Yeah, we're, we're new to this issue. Um, but what we know is, is that um, over 7,000 uh, realtors, um, your colleagues, maybe some of you that are listening to this, um, go without health insurance largely because of the costs associated with, with obtaining it. Um, and so we have um, committed to, to working towards uh, a solution. Um, as I mentioned Right. Three weeks ago, I would have said the only thing that we likely would have gotten out of this general assembly session would have been some technical fixes, which are still very good um, for small business. Um, there are two bills in particular that we worked on behind the scenes um, that that allow for multi-member LLCs um, to take access of the small group um, uh, insurance market. Um, they passed uh, unanimously in both the House and the Senate. We were there to testify. Uh, on behalf and in support of those bills, and they've been communicated to the governor. But here's the big news. The big news is that we now have two association health plans that have passed both the House and the Senate overwhelmingly and have been communicated to the governor. So we really are a step and a half away um, from from being able to, as an association, um, uh, pull uh, our 33,000 members um, and go out on the large group market and try to negotiate um, a health plan. What we think is that that's going to substantially lower healthcare costs or the availability mm -hmm. of healthcare, and then also provide better coverage. Um, so those bills passed um, uh, over the past couple of days, as I said, they've been sent to the governor for his for his action. And as Anthony talked about earlier, um, the governor can either sign them as is, uh, can send down amendments, mm -hmm. or can veto them. Yeah. And so. We've begun working with the, the, the State Chamber of Commerce. We've begun working with the governor's office to try to figure out where he may be um, on these issues. And you know, our hope is, is to engage a lot of realtors over the next several weeks to tell that story. Um, yeah. um, you and your colleagues can help us tell that story, particularly those of you that may uh, fall in that bucket of individuals that choose to go without insurance largely because of the costs. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that's gonna gonna be happening behind the scenes over the next couple of weeks on that issue, and you know, fingers crossed, we'll get something done this year. Absolutely, and it's important for members to be watching out for those potential uh, advocacy requests, uh, uh, calls for action, uh, other ways that you can uh, be involved and help uh, su support a, a piece of legislation that really could be uh, transformative when it comes to getting you know better and, and more affordable healthcare coverage for you and your family. Right. Right. Um, Another set of issues um, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about because we literally spent hundreds and hundreds of hours um, uh, over the summer or the spring and the summer and into the fall um, working on is the, the, the issues surrounding the eviction um, dilemma that we found ourselves in. So taking a, a step back for a second um, and, and maybe uh, developing a little bit of a timeline for, for, for our listeners. Um, back in April, the New York Times published an article and it highlighted five localities in Virginia 
um, as being five of the top 10 localities in the country um, uh, for the, the volume of evictions that were occurring on an annual basis. Um, and an article that took a lot of people in Virginia by surprise. Right. Well, we had never heard that before. And nobody had ever come to us and said, did you realize that Richmond um, has the alarming rate of evictions that they, that they do? Evictions are, are, are uh, unfortunate situations. Um, uh, our property managers don't like to evict people. Tenants certainly don't like to be evicted. It's, it's, it's something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Um, but we were thrust in, into this into this this discussion, and um, I think that um, uh, the role that we played was was critical. We worked with members of the House and Senate leadership. We worked with other trade groups like the builders, like the apartment managers, like the Poverty Law Center, um, like uh, the association that represents local governments. Any any sector that could be impacted by by an eviction uh, were brought to the table um, and were. And- this was with coming up with with some solutions, yeah. and this was a process that went through the Virginia Housing Commission. Right. Uh, uh, so it was it was very organized. It was actually chaired by the the sub uh, work group uh, was chaired by uh, the CEO of the Richmond Association of Realtors, Laura Lafayette, who, who's been a, a a leader and pioneer on a lot of affordable housing issues uh, in, in Virginia. So it, it was a it was a very thorough and thoughtful process. Right, right. And so we're pleased to report um, that um, there were, I think, five or six pieces of legislation that were recommendations of that Virginia Housing Commission that went to the General Assembly for their approval. Uh, they overwhelmingly uh, passed the General Assembly. And these are measures that that really strike, I think, and we think the appropriate balance between the rights of of property owners and landlords and the rights of, of tenants when they're when they're experiencing um, uh, these these um, situations. And so we're really happy with 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 uh, not only what happened, but the role that the realtors played in this. Um, we traveled around the state. We talked to a lot of realtor property managers about the impact that not only the individual eviction has, um, but also the impact that evictions have on on communities. And I really do think that we struck an appropriate balance um, with with the, the the five or six pieces of legislation. Um, as we near July the first, we'll have our legal team go and do some in depth communications on what that means. Um, to, to you realtors who may be property managers or who may own your own uh, rental yeah. property. A lot of accidental landlords. Out right, there. right, right. And so um, we'll be communicating that. But again, from the perspective of kind of a high level summary of, of where we ended, we ended in a really, really good spot. And, and we're very proud of the work that we did. Absolutely. It was strong bipartisan support. And uh, uh, like Martin said, it's it's uh, uh, practical solutions that, that really help those uh, uh, tenants who, who may be getting a bind one month and, and just need a little kind of cushion, a little breathing room to, to right. catch up, to be able to stay in, in, in their home. And, and, and that benefits everybody. That benefits tenants, that benefits landlords, and it ben- benefits the community as a whole. Well, I think the last thing that it does is some of them um, protect, candidly, they protect um, tenants from these predatory and call them what they are, slumlords and, and exploitation of folks. That's where we ended the year with, with evictions. So. I'm really, uh, as your senior vice president of government relations, as your chief lobbyist, I'm really happy with where we ended the general assembly session, and I'm really excited about where we're going with the association health plan stuff. So, lots more to come.
Absolutely. And as Martin said, over the coming weeks, we'll uh, do some more in-depth episodes, taking a look at specific pieces of legislation. We'll be working with our legal team uh, to develop uh, a lot of messaging and communications uh, about the new laws that will be enacted, whether July 1st or at some point down the road. And uh, that way that you're uh, as, as informed as possible on how it affects you and your business. Uh, and in the meantime, if you have any questions about anything that's going on uh, with the, uh, the General Assembly, with, with state government, feel free to reach out to us. The best way to contact us is by email, and that's advocacy at virginiarealtors.org. Again, one more time is advocacy at virginiarealtors.org. That brings us to the end of our episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening to the Real Politics Podcast, where politics meets Virginia real estate, down from Capitol Square and straight to you.